Prologue Paradise Lost The translated piece of literature, written by a long-ago foreign poet, had been a favorite of Jesuit monks who taught a Congolese orphan boy his letters and their language many years ago. Perhaps because they'd felt just so at their exile to his own country. Baba! Father! Have you not understood what I said? With these, we can now make a paradise out of a home. Father and son stood on a stony outcropping that thrust skyward over the rainforest canopy, one of dozens of the strange rock formations that rose like termite mounds above the treetops, their stony composition bearing no apparent relation to the sandy soil or red clay that made up the jungle floor. Burial mounds of the ancient ones, tribal legends avowed before pale-skinned foreigners arrived to teach terms like igneous and volcanic anomaly. Baba, do you not see what a miracle this is? As great a miracle as finding you alive again. The Almighty, at last, has chosen to shower favor upon us. This place... Our people will never be the same again. The tall, ebony-skinned youth was dressed incongruously for this place, in collared shirt, slacks, and such shiny black shoes as his feet had never known during their growing years. But anxious dark eyes and beaming smile were the same, though he now held out a handful of gray pebbles rather than the schoolwork of his boyhood. In years past, his father could have responded with unstinted praise, but now he shifted his own bare feet to look down over the cliff edge. The clearing below stretched to the banks of a wide, lazy river, its water the dark tannin shade of tea, a drink the Jesuit monks had taught the older man to enjoy. Several dozen thatched mud-brick huts occupied the highest ground, beyond the reach of wet-season flooding. Women wrapped in the colorful lengths of homespun cloth panyas stooped among cultivations of cassava, Maize, beans, yams, and peanuts. Others moved along a path from the riverbank, their graceful sway balancing pottery water jars on top of their heads. Children too young for work or school scampered among banana plants, playing some game of running and hiding. On the river itself, a pair of hand-hewn wooden pirogues drifted lazily toward a bend where the watercourse disappeared back into untamed rainforest. Several village men, naked except for the same loincloth that was the older man's sole dress, stood precariously on the canoe rims to cast fishing nets woven of thin, supple lianas. Drawing the nets from the water, they removed a few catfish and eel, then cast the nets again. Paradise lost. There was a time when such had been the older man's own opinion of this remote jungle locality, when this place had seemed to him an unjust and cruel exile. Young then, younger than his last-born offspring now standing beside him, he'd been among his country's first high school graduates after their colonial masters at last packed up and left. By then a Congolese army officer named Mobutu had seized control in their place. Renaming his country Zaire, He'd promised that its vast natural wealth would no longer enrich foreigners, but instead provide a grand new world of prosperity, justice, and peace for the Congolese people. The older man standing on the rock outcropping 
had been the first appointed administrator for the schoolhouse and health outpost their new government had pledged to build in every village. Life had not then been so isolated. There'd been a road, just a dirt track carved through the rainforest but wide enough for motorized vehicles. The road's makers had not built it with any interest in the village. This reason had none of the treasures its foreign masters had craved. No diamonds, no gold, no copper. Not even rich soil to be exploited for cotton, sugarcane, or other cash crops. It was simply a dot on the map. And though government tax collectors traveled the road, so did the army units who maintained a welcome stability. Still, to a youth who'd known the amenities of a city, the taste of imported drink, the stimulation of books and travel, his appointment here had seemed more punishment than promotion. Unfortunately, he'd also been a kinless orphan.